game on Sunday, man. You, I know you're nervous for the Rams, but you got to be a little enthusiastic after being there. Bro, that, that game atmosphere was ridiculous. Energy, electricity. That place was rocking anyone was there. And a lot of the, a lot of the uh, Super Bug fans were there, too. Meat Bug. Tampa Tones. We are joined by Lee Goon tonight, uh, host of the Pat and Aaron Show of WDAE. Uh, Pat Donovan. And it sounds like Stunna is bumbling a little bit. Going to put him on mute for a second until that gets a little clear. But we're joined by Pat It looks Donovan. like Stunna is hanging out with Cheech and Chong in a car with the windows up or something over there. <laughs> it does look like we got a little No, bit my, my uh, camera's broke. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to the Bucketeers podcast this fine Tuesday evening. You can catch us every Tuesday here during the offseason at 6.45 Eastern time, and it's going to be a good one tonight. We got a full crew aboard. We got all hands on deck. We will be here till 7.30 Eastern time. It's a lady's birthday, so none I can do. I got before I get, you know, in trouble, something like that. But uh, we got a good crew here. We got co-host Stunna. We got the great J.C. Allen of Pewter Report. We got J.Lo, the lifelong Bucks fan and listener of the show. So it's going to be a hell of a 45, 35, whatever the heck we got minutes in the building. And uh, we're, we're going to start by bringing in J.C. J.C., thanks for joining us, brother. How the heck are you? Uh, are you feeling better than uh dominic mysterio lately or uh, are you feeling a little bit like dom nowadays you know i haven't i haven't caught up on last night yet i plan on doing that tonight i got through the first hour in like 20 minutes or so talk about bangers i mean that becky sonia match was great and then followed up with gunter versus ko banger but i'm excited to look uh get the rest of it underway tonight and uh you know hey at the end of the day, you know, Dom is a prison hard man. He's got mommy on his right side. So, you know, you know, he's feeling good. Oh, never a bad thing to have mommy on your side, especially when it's one like Ray Ripley. But the great J.C. Allen's always a treat here. So we're excited to talk with great friend of the shows. He's been on since his Bucks report days. Now it's in the heart of his pewter report days. And he keeps moving up the ladder. So beautiful to see. Trying to. JCL and um, you know man among many titles barbecue enthusiast but uh, I go through them every time so if you want to look at those titles or listen to him uh, you know check out JC's info I think it's JCL and NFL on Twitter correct sir yes sir that's it so you can find me one stop shop for all your Bucks news whether it's computer report the Buccaneers themselves PFF rankings etc I find it I tweet it it's there my own stuff check out the Twitter everything you need is right there I guess I'm a big fan of uh, your page since I memorized your Twitter by heart by now. So uh, <laughs> there we go, brother. Uh, never a bad thing. We got JLo in the house as well. Jeremy, thanks for joining. Uh, always a pleasure with you. You've been on a couple times now. You know your stuff, brother. Excited to spit the bit with you. Likewise, man. Appreciate having me on. Especially Absolutely. Having JC, especially having JC on, you know, big fan of his work. Even though he's a Boston, yes. you know, lover, but it's okay. Boston. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're From Boston. <laughs> you know, it, it's okay. You got to have a Boston guy in Florida or else it wouldn't be Florida without having your Bostonians or New Yorkians around there as well. You know, it's that's a beautiful thing about Florida is we got some guests in the house right now as well. The Godfather's joining us on Facebook. We appreciate that. Cleve and me. In the house, we hear big wrestling guy Joe, Mike, Puckhead. Hey, long time no see. Sorry, been busy drinking Nebraska Gatorade and happy B-Day to Olivia. Thank you, sir. We appreciate that, Mike. Uh, our great Nebraskan contributor to the show. So all things Nebraska there. Sorry about you being stuck with Matt Rule, but he'll be a better collegiate coach than he was NFL head coach anyways. So Nebraska might turn the corner, probably not, but they might for you, Mr. Mike Puckhead, we appreciate you tuning in. And we got Mike D. Get my mug on the show. Mike what? doesn't know what brisket is. Yeah, you know. Oh. Hey, JC, uh, what favorite, real quick, favorite type of brisket to cook so we could remind. Yeah, I forgot you didn't know about brisket. Then we're going to bring the stunna in, and then we're going to get to the good stuff. 
Yo ho, yo ho, a pirate's life for me. What's happening, fellas? Another time in the summer shine. What up, son? Uh, JC, favorite type of brisket, brother? I mean, any brisket's good to cook. I mean, you just throw that on the smoker low and slow, get a nice bark on it, and we're we're popping off. Mike said he had brisket, so there you go. Maybe he, uh, maybe you convinced him a little bit, JC. Maybe uh, you got to him a little bit. Good, good to see Mike eating good. Good to see him getting his brisket in. It is important. The Godfather comment just got back from the gym. Uh, Anthony tuned in late. It's okay, Godfather. We appreciate you tuning in. You're not too late, to be honest. So uh, better late than never. Hope the gym went well, training, boxing, and all. But we are here talking the great thing we all love, Buccaneer football. And I'll start with putting this out there. We're going to get into JC's OTA report here shortly. Anything that's been going on, any little tidbits there, any news today. But I want to start with this. We've heard from a couple of offense linemen today, some of our better offense linemen, quite honestly, Ryan Jensen, Tristan Worse. It's uh, interesting to see a surprisingly good turnout at OTAs. Not surprising, but it's nice to see that sort of turnout, these sort of veterans. However, Jensen seems to perhaps maybe not be over that injury at this given time. He seems a little slowed out there. Todd Bowles said, uh, we'll see where he's at and uh, it didn't sound it too great obviously after Jensen came back for the playoff game last year we heard him say he had a plethora of things wrong with his leg we heard him say he had numerous problems numerous injuries and is this going to be something that kind of continues to linger on with Ryan Jensen throughout this year at the very least and maybe through the rest of his career uh JC, I'd like to get your thoughts when you get a minute on Ryan Jensen. And if we should be concerned as Bucks fans, Bucks podcasters, whatever the hell we might be about Ryan Jensen and his uh, current status. Yeah, I think with Jensen, obviously at his age, you know, you want to give him as much time to recover as possible. Uh, I think, you know, pretty much Todd Bowles and, and Ryan Jensen said it after that playoff game. Football players want to play football. And that's what you saw him try to come back for that final playoff game and and that push to see if they could have done something and, and made some opportunities and advance in the playoffs. But at this stage and point, you really don't need Jensen for OTAs. You don't need him for minicamp. As long as he's out there getting some mini re- mental reps and everything like that, uh, that that's really the most you can hope for. I feel like he'll be ready for training camp. It's still a month, two, almost two months away now. We're still in the beginning of June. It'll start at the end of July. So, you know, let him continue to rehab. Let him continue to make sure that it's 100% because the last thing you really want is to rush him back. Um, Even though he's already came back, um, I feel like the longer he has time to recover, recuperate, feel 100% on that knee, because obviously in that playoff game, he was not 100%. He was probably more around 60% there. They probably gave him some nice Toradol to take care of any pain that popped up. Obviously, the doctors said, and the doctors, not just the team doctors, but the doctors he's been going to uh, throughout the season uh, that he trusted and rec- and told him that he did not need surgery, which apparently could have been season-ending sur- or career-ending surgery for him, um, signed off on him playing in that playoff game. Um, but, yeah, I mean, just give him the time he needs. Last thing you want is to ha- rush him back from mandatory minicamp and have him tear his wreath ranger his knee or tear something, and now he's gone for the season again. So, you know, Hainsey did step up, and I think Hainsey had a great did a great job last year at center. It's just he doesn't bring that same mentality, that same fire, that same nastiness and, and aggression that, that Jensen brought there. So let him take his time. In the meantime, Hainsey can take those reps. What we've seen is Leverett has been taking those those starting center reps, really. Um, and Haynes has been working at the guard positions, getting him some more experience there with a full season under his belt, mm. uh, which just helps the versatility of this team going forward when you have multiple guys who can play multiple spots in the interior of the line. Yeah, and I think that's some very good points there. I agree with you. I'm not really concerned about the whole Jensen thing as well. We're so early in the game still. I mean, football is right around the corner, but in the grand spectrum of things, the important football is far, far ahead of us in terms of weeks, days, months away still at this very point. Jensen has about three months to heal up, get ready, sit his ass uh, if he needs to, and uh, really just rehab, get out there, run around, try and get used and comfortable again. Jeremy, 
you're probably in agreement with JC, I would imagine, on the whole Jensen thing. I don't think anyone is bickering about it too much. And Todd Bowles is one of those head coaches who will deceive you with his comments a little bit and make it seem like things are worse at times, I feel like. Not in a bad way, but it's just coaches speak. No, no, I agree. Like I said, I wouldn't stress it. You know, it's OTAs. I mean, let's not rush the man back. Let him come back, you know, when he's ready, ready. I'm all aboard with the guys that are there now. Get the reps in. Let them get used to the quarterback system, the offensive system. I'm all for it. You know, I'm just glad that, you know, he at least, you know, made it there, you know, joined the team, you know, out there. Just kind of, you know, being supportive, you know. To me, that's what it's all about, you know. Be there, support your teammates if you had the time to do it. That's that's my thing. So, I'm all for it. Let him come back on his, you know, when he's ready. Excellent. Think, Go ahead, I was JC. Say, I think one thing, too, is it's not like, okay, we need to see how he does in contact, right? You don't need to see how Jensen does in contact because you got that playoff game. So, right mm-hmm. now, you could literally sit him all the way through the until the first preseason game if you wanted to second preseason game, you know, even through throughout training camp, really, if, you, if he needs that time, because you've seen him go out there and take contact to that knee, take hits. Um, it's not like a situation with Godwin or anything like that, where, you know, maybe when he was coming back, maybe you want to see him take some contact. He's already done it. Now it's just about making sure that's 100%. He's going to get the offense down. He's a smart guy. Um, I'm sure even though he hasn't been there, he's still been getting all the installs. I doubt he's just, you know, cooking brisket, playing, playing some game, uh, playing, you know, Call of Duty and working on his house out there in Colorado. I'm sure he's still getting some training in a thousand percent. So at this point, yeah, just let him take the time he needs when he feels ready, when the team feels comfortable, when he's ready. As Jeremy just said, it's a great time to let these guys get more, more experience more reps, and obviously you want him to get reps with the quarterbacks. I think that's the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I mean, the quarterback-center exchange for how important it is can be done relatively smoothly. And he just had one of the most meticulous quarterbacks under his butt for the past <laughs> three three years. I don't know if – I I'm curious to see. That's the one thing I want to ask these guys when we come around. Is the baby powder towel going to continue, or they're going to, or is that over now that Tom Tom's gone? Maybe Baker likes no baby powder. Maybe his friction ability is a little different down there. You know, maybe he right. likes the swamp or whatnot. But uh, before we get to this fun question by JCL and uh, or for JCL and I should say from Cleveland, me uh, Stana thoughts quick on Jensen. Any rebuttal to any of that? Stana. Hello? What? I'm sorry, repeat that, please. Any rebuttal to any of the Jensen discussion before we move on here? Um, did, he, did he try to rush back and, and tear it worse? Is he not clear for contact? I, I, I don't understand the context, really. Sunday's just not paying attention at all. <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I, got, I had something going on. Um, but, no, uh, Jensen, man, he don't even play the pre- Cheech and Chong. As Pat Donovan said, son is hanging with Cheech and Chong right now. But hey, uh, they're, they're on Twitter. They're on Twitter. Um, no, nah, man, but uh, we don't need to rush him back. He really don't need to even play in the preseason. He's a veteran, and I uh, hope he plays out his contract. All right. Well, uh, good recovery. Started off bumpy, uh, smoother land in there. So we appreciate you getting your. No, but I, I really don't know the context. Is he being held out of OTAs? Um, you know, is he, uh, you know, not clear for contact? What's going on with that? JC, you got anything? Yeah, I'm not sure if he's not clear for contact. I think it's just being cautious right now. Obviously, um, you know, when you lose a guy like Jensen's caliber early last year. Uh, and he's still, you know, not. I mean, he's already been cleared for contact, right? He didn't, uh, for all um, reports, we haven't heard anything that suggests that playing that playoff game set him back or anything like that. But at the same time, it's coming off a career-threatening injury. Um, mm. You want to just give him the time. Plus, he hasn't really been there at OTAs. He doesn't need to be there. He's popped in here and there. Now, what these Today was one of those days that he was that he popped in there, kind of just, I'm sure learning the system in for meetings and everything like that. But again, at his age, coming off the injury, even though he's already played a game and had that contact, we don't want any freak accidents happening. And I think it's just uh, precautionary to not have him out there right now when they're in shorts and t-shirts. Now that might change next week during mandatory minicamp. We'll see. Um, but again, there's no rush to get him 
you know, working. I don't really think there's no rush to get him working with these guys. He's excited to work with these guys. I would expect him to be ready to go once training camp rolls around. Just, I don't see the, I don't see the, I don't see the rush to have him out there. Especially again, remember this is just the media portion. He probably mm-hmm. was there for walkthroughs this morning before, um, or uh, before media got their chance to view. Because they do walkthroughs, then they go inside for meetings, and they come back out um, for uh, for practice. So there's a, a definite possibility he was already out there this morning for walkthroughs, mm. just not out there for the for the media portion of practice. That's a very good point as well. A lot of people often forget that. JC, before we get to your OTA insights of the day and whatnot, we got a fun one here from. Cleve and me, and I'll kind of give my answer before we go around the horn. Uh, Mr. Allen, is Baker Mayfield more of a heel or face as of right now in Bucks camp? Meaning, is there more doubters, hate, or more of a welcoming love fest? JC will know more about that. But me as a pers- perspective of a Bucks fan podcaster, I would say between him and Kyle Trask, Trask is like the baby face jobber right now that you don't expect to pick up a W. You're rooting for the kid because he's a nice little guy, you know, and you're really hoping for him to go out there and kick some ass. But, you know, odds are against him. It's a tough uphill battle where uh, Baker Mayfield, to me right now, um, you know, time will tell if he's a facer heel out there he's kind of in a weird middle mode right now but um if i had to put it for bucks fans right now he's definitely a face in twitter at least in bucks fans mode i'd say in the mind of nfl fans he's more of a feel but for or a heel but for bucks fans face jc allen get into the real question though how would you answer that how would you address that since you're around the team you're around the media what's the perspective of uh, baker mayfield and how does the media necessarily react to him of late at least yeah i think the media loves him uh you know he's shown everything and you ask his teammates he's definitely a locker room guy teammates already love him you know listen to Tristan Wirfs today um every he, he's got a gravitas to him and he's pulling the way i would look at it i think you you hit the nail on the head but i'm gonna go one step further for any wrestling fans out there <laughs> trask is johnny gargano right he's done it at the college level the nxt level and he's not a guy who has a lot of momentum behind him. He's not a guy, but he's a guy that you root for, a guy that you like, right? He's a guy that you want to see do well. He's Johnny Gargano. Um, and for me... Love that. To me, Baker Mayfield right now is trying to think, and the only comparison I could really come up with is Baron Corbin. I think he's Baron Corbin, right? He's gone through those different phases, um, mm-hmm. and you know maybe he was happy Corbin a second ago. Uh, with the with the Carolina Panthers and with the Browns, you know, you look at him, uh, you know, you know JBL Corbin, but I feel like now he's getting back to his roots. He's back to NXT. Lone Wolf Corbin, who a lot of people really liked, um, and I think that's what Kyle Trask is right now. You know, he's gone through the heel phase. He's still a bit of a heel, but he's making that transition to a heel you can you can get behind, a guy that you that you like to root for. And I think Baron Corbin. Um, because I'm not going to go like a big name because obviously he's never been that, but, um, a lot of hype coming into it. You know, he had the lone wolf phase. A lot of people were behind him. Then he transitioned to to the the poor Corbin. People felt bad for him. Happy Corbin. People hated him. People trashed on him. And, you know, now that he's gone to NXT, facing Carmelo Hayes, uh, back to that lone wolf Corbin type Mm. deal. I think that's, that's my comparison. Um, to to Baker Mayfield right now. We'll see what it comes out. Will he win the championship? We'll we'll find out soon. <laughs> and I think he's yeah. Hopefully he does. I mean, uh, we'll find out. But I think Cleveland is satisfied. He says, "Love the Gargano reference. Don't do me like that, Corbin. Love the Lone Wolf. Thank you for going on full wrestling comp, JC. Jeremy, would you agree with JC's breakdown? I think he threw some. Pretty good darts at the board there, if I must say myself, especially at the snap of a finger. Yeah, what say you? <laughs> no, the Gargano one's definitely on point. No, definitely on point on Trask. Like I said, success in college, and then again, you know, no love in the in the bigger um, thing WWE, which is sad because Gargano, I feel like is a really good wrestler. That's a good reference. Baron Corbin, I never liked the guy personally. Didn't like any of his phases, but Trask, I mean, I'm sorry, not Trask, Baker, 
I feel like he's definitely getting love from the players. What Worth said was pretty on point, you know, saying how, you know, he's been to dinner, like, I think once a week or every week with Baker and his wife. So I have to say right now, leaning toward Baker, I'd say he's a baby face right now, honestly. He's starting because a lot of people are showing a lot of love for him. Fans are excited that he's here from the most part, you know, but we'll see. I mean, time will tell. I mean, he could go heel later on the se- during the preseason and, take the jo- and win the job from Trask. But it's going to be a fun battle. So I say baby face right now for Baker because I've been seeing number of love from him, for him. And once again, we are here on the Bucketeers with JCL and a pewter report. J-Lo, lifelong Bucks fan and listener of the show. Stunna, our right-hand man. And before we get to JC's news and notes yo, yo, yo. from OTA, Stunna, I want to get your answer on uh, Tristan Wurst. Quick, your thoughts on Tristan Wurst, Stunna. We've talked a lot of Jensen to this point. What's your thoughts on the uh, move to left tackle so far for Mr. Wurst, Stunna? Uh, you know, they're going to pay him uh, – the he'll get paid the highest offensive tackle salary. So he needs to – you know, that's a left tackle position. If you're going to pay that kind of money, you might as well put him in left. You know, I, I, I hate it as a lineman because it's, it's hard, you know, if you're not used to a left-handed stance. And you pretty much have to be in a left-handed stance at that level so your left step, kick step, uh, you know, on a pass set. So, but, you know, Tristan Wurst means a freak athlete. He can jump out of a pool. This dude has been a franchise player since he was drafted. And he was a great draft pick. Uh, I would like to comment on the Baker um, situation. Go ahead. Um, so, Baker Mayfield, to me, is more like Cody Rhodes. And he, he got hurt at Cleveland. He was the hero. And, uh, you know, he's, he's just a hero to me. But um, you, you mentioned Pat Donovan earlier. And this morning he said – on 620, um, if uh, Kyle Trask is not the starter, is he a bust? And, you know, I don't have time to call in the radio, but I think if Kyle Trask is not the starter, cannot beat out Baker Mayfield, then he is a bust. And that's just my input. JC, quick uh, rebuttal on the bust with Trask thing and the Tristan Worsing and Cleveland Me comments. Is this the Bucketeers or the Bucks Monday Night Raw show? Awesome stuff, fellas, and God bless Stunna. So uh, we got some blessings and blessings on Stunna. Then Loose Cannon's Leprechaun goes Kyle Trask is a William Regal. So we got a lot of names getting thrown around in the head right now. Oh, that's funny. As far as Trask being a bust, I mean, it's hard to label him a bust because I don't – He's a, he was a second-round pick, and at that point, you know, the Bucks were set at quarterback. I I feel, uh, I say this all the time, we should always be developing quarterbacks no matter mm-hmm. what. And I think at that point in time, he was the best player on the board. You look at the guys taken selected after him, have, many of them haven't done much. Um, so I don't think it was necessarily a bad pick. Um, if he becomes a high-end backup, is that considered a bust? I, I don't know. Um it's not like the Bucks needed that. I feel like when, when players are bust, it's more because you needed someone at that position. They didn't step up. They didn't. Uh, but he does have certainly have an opportunity to win this job. So I don't know if I'd call it a bust. If he's a good backup, then that's a, that's a, I think that's a win. You look at the track record for quarterbacks taken in the second round, especially at the bottom of the second round, not many have panned out, have been Jimmy Garoppolo is the only one that I can think of in recent years. That was a bottom of the second round guy. David Carr, Jalen Hurts. Bottom of the second round, Stunna. That really panned out, I said. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But obviously, yes, those guys taken earlier in in the round, I think, you know, yeah, they've had good careers. But I don't know if I'd call him a bust per se. Um, And then as far as Trisha Wirfs, I mean, uh, we're out there. Our our minicamp notes just dropped. Uh, a couple minutes ago, um, and I think if you go check those out, you'll see uh, one of Scott's notes was that he just – Trisha Wirfs looks like a natural at left tackle. Um, the footwork's there. He's going to have to work on his left-hand punch a little bit, but that's obviously because he's been punching with his right hand. Trisha said he feels like a newborn baby out there, learning a new system, new thing, uh, you know, learning things every day. But the technique is there. The footwork's there. The athleticism's there. I don't think he will have – the. I don't think – I don't think we'll see a huge drop off. Now it's a risk for sure um, because, you know, you're going from an all pro to what, but, you know, as he said today, his, his fear of failure is driving him. 
And I think Trisha Wurst has one of the best work ethics on this team. And I don't think he's going to let this stop him. I think it's going to motivate him. Um, and I, and I, as Stunna said, he's about to be the highest paid offensive tackle in the league come next year. And I, I think that's probably in the back of his mind as well. Um, he doesn't seem like a money guy to me, but life-changing money, generational wealth is always something players strive for. And with a good season here, he's going to reset the market. And you know, as you guys have both kind of hinted and alluded to as well, although it's nice having a great right tackle, the left tackle's a cream of the crop, especially with the right-handed quarterback room that the Bucks do have. You want to protect the blind side. Left tackles are where the money is made nowadays. Uh, uh Jeremy, let, let me ask you this. If the Bucks do not give Trask a chance, there will be another team that will. And then Bobby also adds, is, thanks for joining us, Bobby, I must say as well. Can't say Trask is a bust, only playing one quarter in Atlanta. So Bobby says, uh, pretty much sticking up for Trask in his corner. You can't say he's a bust. And if someone in Tampa doesn't give him a chance, someone else will. Quick thoughts on that, Jeremy. Like I said, put them with the starters. I've been saying it all offseason. Put them with the starters. You know, you can't call somebody a bust until they play the game. One quarter, not enough. And I was pretty disappointed when he didn't start the Atlanta game because the game was pointless. And, yeah, some other team will probably take a chance on him. I mean, he was a second-round pick. The Bucks invested that pick in him because they do believe in him. Maybe not the coaching staff. But look what happened. I mean, the office coordinator last year got canned because he knew what the hell he was doing. I'm sorry, he doesn't. And, yeah, Trask, to me, is out of bust. Until he gets the opportunity to play with the starters, like he did at Florida when he had all those studs, Kyle Pitts, Tony. I mean, we got Mike, Chris, and then Rashad White. He, I'm expecting big things out of him. So I agree with Bobby, absolutely. Another team will pick him up. I mean, I feel like he has some value. And the one thing about Trask is he sat 11 years as a backup before he finally got the opportunity. So even if he does lose the job to Baker, which everyone's thinking is going to happen, he may still have a chance to play this season because Baker's got to prove that he can stay healthy because he's been hurt the last couple of years, if you think about it. I, I think, too, with Trask, uh, if you look at last year's quarterback class, I think he would have been probably the number one pick. Um, not overall, but out of the quarterbacks. I think he would have gone ahead of Kenny Pickett. I would not be surprised to learn um, that teams were interested in, in trading for Trask last, last draft as well around that time. I don't think the Bucks, knowing that they had Tom Brady that was going to be hanging up um, you know, in the near future, would still last year they would have had going into the season three years of control of Kyle Trask, were ready to give up on him and move off of him so quickly. Um, after that investment, but a hundred percent, I think if, if it doesn't work out here, there's going to be another team that's going to at least give him a shot and bring him in, um, based off his pedigree, based off what he did in college and based off, you know, uh, all those attributes. So I, I definitely don't think if it doesn't work out in Tampa, that's it for Kyle Trask. He's going to get another opportunity somewhere else. Speaking of working out in Tampa, Brashad Perriman, Kind of bounced here, bounced out, bounced here, bounced out. Never quite made his uh, long-term stay here, but he had some successful moments, including a couple of – He did get paid, including a couple of Jameis Winston moments, including, uh, you know, a moment against the Bills, which Stunna and I were at that game that was truly incredible to see. JC, I'll let you uh, have the ropes here. Uh, Perriman, you think he's going to make the Colts? I think he's a shoe in to make the Colts roster, first of all. But uh, what was one positive about him when he was a beautiful buck? Yeah, I think uh, the Colts receiving room right now, he's got a good shot at making it. Um, The the Bills game, I mean, that's about it. Uh, I didn't think he warranted a roster spot last year. Bucks kept him on board. Uh, Didn't really suit up too much. And when he did, he didn't really see many snaps. Um, his second stint was probably the Bills game. His first stint, obviously, finishing out the end of the season and earning a big contract with the Jets um, and then getting another big contract, I believe, with the Bears before he went to Detroit and was cut preseason. Um, so, I mean, he got paid from, from his first trip here. His second stint was less memorable besides that Bills overtime winner. 
Yeah, I agree. He's been on and off, on and off three stints with the Bucks. We're going to ask Stunnett these couple of questions, and then we're going to get into JC's tidbits and notes. Stunnett, it, it, Loose Cannon's Leprechaun says, I went to take a picture with Trask, and my phone said no. Then he couldn't spell my son's name when he signed the ball. Uh, what are your thoughts, Stun, about players having fun off the field? Pretty cool to see Trask, you know, hanging with the guys, going to the Arians golf out, and, and uh, showing his face, even though he's competing for the quarterback job. He's trying to make a name for himself in the fan base. I think it's pretty cool. Stunner, what say you? Anytime a player can interact with the fans, it's always a positive because, they, you know, they – Professional football does hold such an important value here in the Tampa Bay area. And, you know, that's really your career is so short. As a player, I think you should try to maximize those opportunities and definitely try to be interactive within your community in any level. And I always tell, you know, when we have the guests on here, the players, just go just go sign a T-shirt and hand it out, hand out t-shirts and say Buccaneers and sign them. That, that makes, you know, I, I worked a lot in the inner city of Tampa and that makes such a, because our Buccaneer schools are usually impoverished schools, by the way. So that makes such a difference in these kids' lives and the, the, they're light up, they light up their eyes and they light up their face that you see when they're around these NFL players. It's just a really important thing. And I, and I very much commend him for signing autographs and taking pictures. Kids do love that. I know they do around here. Robbie Gold used to do it all the time. Kicker on the Bears. Uh, real quick, Jeremy, real quick, briefly, in uh, 20 to 30 second thoughts on Kyle Trask interacting with the fans or, um, you know, what, just this current status of Trask. Any shot here in Tampa? No, I mean, that's what's up. I mean, you know, being open to the fans, you know, making stuff known, putting his name in there. You know, lend, give, you know, giving the fans something, you know, give hope for, you know, that, you know, he is a fan love player, you know, because, you know, he has been kind of quiet, you know, those couple of those couple of seasons being under, you know, the third quarterback role. But now that he's battling Baker, you know, it's just good for him, you know, and I'm, and I'm with um, Stunna. I'm all about, you know, you know, signing a couple autographs for the fans, showing love to the fans that paid to watch you play the game. I agree with you completely. It's Cleveland. Cherry is with us on Facebook. Thanks so much for joining us this evening, Cleve. You are the man, as Loose Cannon Leprechaun says. Just kidding. He's cool. JC, going to head over to you. Any notes, tidbits, anything that's been standing out to you of late um, in OTAs, whether it's today, whether it was yesterday, or just anything in the world of Bucks football in general that you've kind of been itching to talk about or uh, anything fascinating? Yeah, so I think one thing that I really want fans to know about Baker Mayfield is um, the, the the trajectory that he had coming out. So obviously that Browns team stunk. They had the first overall pick. He had, um, you know, Hugh Jackson as his head coach. Um, and I always forget his last name, but Todd something was his OC. They got canned in the middle of the season. He had a new offensive uh, coordinator, Freddie Kitchens, and Greg Williams was his head coach to finish out the season. You saw automatically that he improved, finished with 27 touchdowns, got the rookie uh, touchdown record that year, um, and also finished second in offensive player in the year. His second season, Freddie Kitchens, um, you know, didn't go the way they wanted to, but that offensive line was atrocious outside Joel Bonatino. That defense wasn't really built up yet. Um, and, you know, they had Odell Beckham, but he was still kind of a shell of himself. Only had a thousand yards that season. Um, didn't really have many weapons. They relied mostly on the ground game. Mm -hmm. His third season, Stefanski comes in and it's his best season of his career. Um, and you look at that year, they made the playoffs, 11 wins. Um, and it was really just a, a look at what this team could do. Almost beat the Chiefs, but Chad Henney came and <laughs> did some magic when Patrick Mahomes went out. And then his final year, you know, hurt, injured his, his non-thrown shoulder. You had the OBJ drama. Um, it just wasn't, a, you know, trying to play through that injury just didn't really all click. Um, last season traded to the Panthers because they found an upgrade in Deshaun Watson. Anyone says that if you can upgrade from Baker Mayfield to Deshaun Watson, you wouldn't do it if you could. 
just crazy. Sean Watson's a top five quarterback in the league when healthy and playing right. Um, so I, I think, you know, that gets overstated that they chose Watson over him, but there's mm-hmm. a reason most people would choose Watson over him. Um, as far as, you know, going to the Panthers, Matt rules in Nebraska, good luck. He's, you know, he's a college coach. So uh, you look at that and then first of all, the system never fit. Then his coach that traded for him gets fired. He's in a quarterback controversy with, competition with Sam Darnold and PJ Walker, not knowing what the hell the, the Panthers are doing down there. Um, then he gets moved to to the Rams and has some success in McVay's offense. His trajectory to me is a lot like Alex Smith. And when Alex Smith went to the Chiefs, I think you saw um, a guy who knew how to manage the game, distribute the ball, and, and put the Chiefs in good position to win many games. And I think that's what you need out of Baker Mayfield. So I see those, I see those two comparisons on his career. And I feel like in this offense, that's what he needs to do. Just manage the game, be a good ball distributor, don't make turnovers. And I think the Bucs can have success, especially with the defense they have. Um, as far as other notes, I, I think uh, so it, during OTAs, we have seen a rotation um, between Trask and Baker getting starting reps every other OTA practice. Mm-hmm. Some crazy reason every OTA practice we've had, it's Baker's day. So Baker, we're seeing get the get those reps with the starters. Trask is getting the second team reps. So we really haven't got a chance to see Trask with the starters yet. Um, Mayfield, uh, you know, first time with Evans really out there and OTAs uh, looked pretty good. Evans did have a couple of drops. There was a couple of misses as they learned to get, get um, you know, in touch with another. Uh, Chase Edmonds was back in a limited capacity. He didn't really do any, um, you know, running back work. Uh, he's been out since the start of OTAs, nursing an undisclosed injury. So free agent Ronnie Brown, undrafted free agent Ronnie Brown, stole the show. Mm. He had two deep touchdown passes, 30-plus yards down the field. Uh, this guy was a do-it-all running back, and he's got a good shot at sticking around the practice squad, potentially making it as the fourth guy on this team, uh, or five if they go five for sure. Um, you know, if you look at what the Bucks have done, Trey Palmer has continued to shine just as a as a red zone threat, hauling in touchdowns, his speed on vertical routes is there. He's got good quickness, the ability to separate in tight quarters. So, you know, he's he's another guy who ha- has impressed. A Cade Warner, another guy who just he just finds a way to get open, man. I don't know. He's not he doesn't have good quickness, separation speed, but he just finds a way to get open and he catches everything thrown his way. So I think that's another uh, a good tip. Logan Hall looks good, guys. Like, he, mm. he beefed up. Um, you know, you can see the quickness. Today he had a very active day in the run game, shut down several runs, uh, had a pass batted down on Baker Mayfield. You know, he's six six. he's beefed up, and he's got speed and athleticism. So he looks more confident uh, in his reads, just confident in general going into training camp, which I think is going to help this Bucks team and why they felt so comfortable, um, you know, not addressing it more in free agency outside of Greg Gaines. Uh, I think when you look at uh, what Coach George Edwards is doing, um, we've seen a lot of – of practice time utilized on dropping the coverage and coming down with with, with ca- uh, catches intercepting the ball works um obviously we know they're going to be blitzing a lot but it's something that bulls loves to do is drop his guys in coverage we saw uh you know jts almost had an interception anthony nelson had an interception that was called back we've seen him drop vita Vea in coverage so he likes to be very multiple with his looks and and they're just working on that uh, Jose Ramirez continues to splash, uh, mm. you know, just a smart guy. Cade Warner dropped the pass behind the line of scrimmage, which, as we know, is a fumble. Ramirez knew it was a live ball, scooped it up for a touchdown before mm. Warner could get to it. So it's another, another, you know, just a heady play by a rookie coming in, understanding the basics of football. Uh, Devin White, Levante David haven't been at OTAs at all. KJ Britt has missed a couple OTAs, especially the last two that we were able to see. So Servasi Dennis has been getting those reps um, as a starter, uh, which is going to be huge for him as he goes into training camp. Um, you know, one of the biggest knocks on him was was his coverage ability because they used him as a blitzer because he was so effective at it in Pittsburgh. The first day of rookie minicamp, guy comes down with an interception. Second day of minicamp, we all seen that one-handed leaping catch that he made in, in drills. He had a big pass breakup today, almost came down with an interception. So he just continues to show out. Uh, Jamel Dean, who returned to OTAs last week for the first time, had two break-up, pass breakups, dynamic ones. 
uh, one who just timed his jump uh, and just got uh, on a pass from Baker to Trey Palmer, knocked it down. Another one who was able to um, bat down a pass and Mike Evans in the end zone. A.W. Antoine Winfield Jr. would have had a sack if it was live, but they let him keep going as they do. Um, so, you know, he's just he's just continuing to just show out his dominance. He just needs to come down with a few more. And Zion McCollum, uh, Carlton Davis returning today, he's been the guy that's playing mostly outside. That's going to be his spot. He's not going to really work in the slot at all, uh, thank goodness. Uh, but he had a nice touchdown, a pass breakup on, on a touchdown that went to Evans. And um, lastly, because I know we got a run here, uh, Luke Gedeke, he continues to just look good at right tackle. Um, his pass protection has always been his his point of emphasis on him getting better at that. Um, he's been a dominant run blocker since his days in college. He looks more comfortable. He looks natural there, uh, especially throwing his right hand you know, as opposed to his left hand, which they asked him to do at guard. It just looks to see. Obviously, Pat's got to come on. we got to see that offensive line is so hard to tell, but as far as technique-wise, he looks a lot better there. Um, moving to that right side. And if you want to learn more about Luke Gedeke, you want to hear more about his transition back from left guard to right tackle, make sure you tune in to the Peter Report podcast on Thursday where Luke Gedeke will be a guest of ours. Wow, that's great to hear. I like Luke Gedeke. Awesome moves. Can, we, oh. you, uh, can you hit on the tight end battle real quick, JC? Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, so, you know, the tight ends, it's not really a battle. Kate Otten is going to be the number one guy. He actually made a good play today. Um, the, the tight ends weren't featured as much today um, in practice. There's more wide receivers and backs. Um, but he had a nice touchdown uh, at the end of practice from Kyle Trask. Um, you know, I think Payne Durham is – he's going to have to continue to get up the speed. It's I, I know we just relied on two rookies last year, but it's hard to rely on rookies. He's going to be more of that red zone threat as he continues to – he's a hard worker. Guy's going to know the playbook by the – time training camp comes around um but you know we'll just have to see what he does co-keeps will be in that you know special teams tight end three role as a blocker play a little h back fullback for the team um i don't think there's much of a competition i don't see guys like daphne or tana Taula or or any of these other guys sticking around maybe on the practice squad i think they maybe you know maybe we'll keep one or two of them on the practice squad in case injuries but i think the tight end room is pretty much clear cut you've got three guys that they're all going to make the team um, and can contribute in a variety of ways. That's great to hear. We love our tight ends here. We just got Ooh. over the Gronk and Bray era, which, you know, was a beautiful era for tight ends of Bucks football. Uh, and O.J. Howard was in there at a point in time when he was a tight end three. That wasn't too bad. Christine Provenzano is joining us on Facebook. Thanks a ton. Uh, real quick here, going to go around the room, rapid-fire question um, for everyone. Then we're going to do our one big thing and walk off jeremy your first shaquille barrett changing to number seven thoughts on shaq barrett changing numbers and not only changing numbers scooping up one that was just occupied by super bowl champion lenny f are you glad he's changing to seven or will it be a little different for you it's gonna be a little different seeing him with with number seven because i was so used to seeing him 58 but you know what maybe he wanted to change maybe he wanted to kind of put last year, you know, behind them and go with a new number, new motivation. So I can dig it. You know, number seven, I'm all for it. I just can't wait to see him get back on the field, you know. Hopefully, fully, hopefully maybe not fully healthy, but hopefully somewhat healthy. And we get somewhat of the 2020 Shep Barrett, not 19, but like a 2020 Shep Barrett, getting pressure, getting to the quarterback, you know, and with the youngsters we brought in to put behind him. You know, I mean, we got plenty of depth now as pass rushers to get to the quarterback because that's what killed us in the playoff game. Couldn't get no pressure. Mm-hmm. But like I said, prayers out to Shaq Barry. Hopefully his, him and his family are doing okay. You know, I, that's my biggest prayer, you know, family first. And then when you're ready to come back, we'll be waiting for you, big dog. Yeah, we love Shaq, and uh, we hope the Mooch man is doing well. I know it's been a terrible offseason for him, something nobody could speak into words or even imagine. It's one of those losses that you truly never recover from, but Bucks fans and Bucks family are going to do our best to be there and support him and uh, continue to uplift number 58 or number 7 now, I should say, number 7 in the program, but number 1 in our heart, Shaq Bear and his family is uh, with us throughout. JC, uh, this one's for you, and then we'll get to stun his questions. And our uh, last words here is we're on the Bucketeers. You guys are tuned in right now on YouTube, 
on Facebook Live of Bucks Life News and more. You can catch the replay on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts. JC, when gambling problems like this occur in the NFL, do the Bucks do anything more precautionary to avoid one of their own going down for gambling? Bucks had a COVID scare a couple of years back with fake Vax cards. Um, never a COVID problem yet, but we did have a fake Vax card problem. Do you think this affects the way the Bucks are vetting people or um, trying to handicap their players in terms of off-season activities? Well, I think, you know, these players are seeing the suspensions going around um, and they know what's up. But Todd Bowles specifically spoke on that. He's going to address the entire team next week at mandatory minicamp and let them know, hey, gambling in the facility on, on our grounds at all. Um, is not okay. Obviously, it came out that DraftKings and some of these other sports books are snitches. Snitches get stitches. Um, so really, you know, they are cooperating with the NFL and saying, okay, these bets were placed here at this time, when and where, etc. Um, so it, it's something that players need to be worried about. Now, gambling um, on other sport on football in any way is illegal. I'm not sure if they consider DraftKings or one of these FanDuel or anything like that. Gambling, fantasy football, we know a lot of players play fantasy football, but that's usually that money is interchanged, not on a site, so it's not regulated. Um, so I think when you when you take that in, in, into perspective, um, you know, they don't have really anything to worry about there. Um, as far as other other sports, it is perfectly legal for players to gamble on those other sports, just not inside any facility um, that is owned and operated by an NFL team. Another plus for the Buccaneers is Florida is currently one of these states that can't get their heads out of their ass um, (laughs) amongst many of these issues that would bring in a ton of capital to the state, a ton of taxes to the state, and gambling, sports gambling is one of them. You're not allowed to legally gamble in the state of Florida um, on sports. So... There's really not much for these Bucks players to worry about in that sense. Um, any any gambling they're going to be doing is going to be through a third party agency, which highly highly doubt if they're allowing Florida betters, they're not going to be cooperating with the NFL. But still, it's just a it's going to be a point of emphasis that hey guys, you need to know when we're in a state in a different stadium, um, in a different state where it might be legal, you you can't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, just be aware of what you're doing. None of any circumstances gamble on the NFL because you're going to lose your paycheck. Um, you're going to lose a year of your career. And as we know, most NFL careers are three years or less. I mean, you know, you look at all the guys who've been playing for X amount of years. You think about all the guys who come out of college in the draft that never even see it down. You think of all the undrafted free agents that come out that never see it down. I mean, there's going to be thousands of players cut and without a job at the end of August. Those players have never seen a down of NFL football and never will. So, you know, it's it's going to be a point of emphasis, but where the Bucks are concerned in Florida, where you can't gamble on sports legally, you can't download one of these apps to gamble on sports, um, it's going to be one of those things where it should be pretty much a moot point. Um, again, unless they consider DraftKings gambling. But again, if you're draft, if you're doing DraftKings lineups and stuff like that, um, it's just best to do it off premises. You know, go to Panera right down the street from the facility and do it there. And that's where Jamison Williams on the Lions screwed up. He bet on college football, but he was within his own facility, got doxxed for it, and uh, then he got suspended. So, uh, you know, the NFL lays in bed with these. Uh, sports books and sports places are sponsored all over. Stadium names are after him and whatnot. But it's a fine line with players, and that's why we didn't see sports franchises in Las Vegas forever when Vegas was right. the only legalized sports venture in the world, sports state in the world. Uh, sports wanted to stay out of there. So, uh, you know, not a lot of traffic would be in and out of there. Sports people making sports bet in the world. I, I was telling my buddy this today. It'd be hilarious if um, now it would never happen. So don't worry, sports bettors. But if uh, only the states without professional sports teams allowed gambling on sports, like if you had a fleet of Montana or in Idaho or a South Dakota or North Dakota, just to make a little sports wager like um, Vegas used to be back in the day. But very interesting stuff there, we're going to get to our around the horn and last word here in a minute. Is it's already been 
51 minutes here on a great show of the Bucketeers with JCL and J-Lo and Stunna. Stunna, real quick, uh, can you dig it, a book of tea reference, and uh, thoughts on that whole AB Vex thing <laughs> quick, and then um, your last words and walk-off, Stunna. If Stunna's even with us, Stunna might be on the greener pastures by now. No, so no, 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 no. I'm here. I'm sorry. <laughs> nah, man. You think he, he gave me an opportunity to slay Rick Stroud? You think I'm going to pass that up? Come on. So this guy overfishes. He got no business going into, you know, looking into these guys' private lives. They just had it out for A.B., and they were willing to do whatever they could to, to burn him, and they took down Mike Edwards along the way. And and the Mike Edwards no longer a buccaneer, unfortunately, but, um, you know, you know, just because he he got his little chaps burned, you know, he wanted to go after AB and he and he messed up our whole organization in the process. But you know, this guy got Urban Meyer fired too, so they, that's just his style. Um, my walk off, I'm just I'm just really um, you know looking forward to the season, and I I want to see what our defense looks like. I think that was mentioned earlier. But, you know, we had opportunity last year to shut the door. Um, I think someone mentioned the Dallas playoff game. Our offense is, is kind of what hurt us in that game. But throughout the season, if our offense showed they weren't going to score, like if you're a 2002-1999 Buccaneer fan, our defense could still keep us in the games. They, You know, we might – when our offense would show up, we would lose games like 14-7 to 7 or something. But last year when I showed that our offense was going to show up, our defense let the other team route us. And so I really want to see our defense show up and play, you know, go back to the old Buck style where we limit our opponents to scoring and we really smack people in the mouth. So that's so that's something I'm looking forward to. Other than that, fire the cannons. Let's get after it. Go Bucks. Yeah, that AB. I will say this about Rick Stroud, and um, you know, he's one of those guys who's been ho hum off on for years, years and years. And the Tampa Bay Times is used to really criticizing our Tampa sports players. I think Mark Topkins done a terrible job of late. Um, really not being fair to Wander Franco, really not being fair to Randy Arozarena. And the weird thing with Rick Stroud, I feel like the vaccine, well, maybe a little bit fishing for Mike Edwards, Antonio Brown, whatever, he caused his own problem. But the thing, the Urban Meyer getting fired thing was terrible on Rick Stroud's behalf. And the story ended up being totally fabricated. The kicker said it himself and uh, Urban Meyer said it himself. So, um, you know, I think the media has really got to tiptoe around putting out stories, especially when they're not their own teams, right? Stroud doesn't even cover the Jaguars here. I mean, Urban Meyer deserved to get fired as well, maybe not over this situation. But, um, you know, Stroud's been in a lot of uh, fine lines over the years, or I should say Tampa Bay Times has been in some fine lines of walking with the Rays and with the Bucks and a lot of their fans. So I'm um, interesting to see – Yet again, there is uh, we get a comment from Twitter saying um, not a Stroud fan. So um, more people not fans of Stroud, but I'm going to leave Stroud alone. He does bring some Bucks news to the table here and there. But let's just say um, fans think he could do a little bit better. Jeremy, thanks for joining us this evening. J-Lo, um, what's your one last word and walk off here on the program? Uh, thanks again, buddy. We appreciate it. No, I appreciate me on, man. Um well, first off, screw AB. I got nothing Correct. but I mean, thank you for the Super Bowl, but screw you for the next year what you did and put He Super dug Bowl his own grave. Through. He did. But I will say I'm really excited, you know, when come training camp to see the QB battle it out. You know, I'm curious to see this new offensive scheme that Canals is bringing here. I see a big thing that I was shot white. I think this kid's going to have a mega year. And no one's really talking about him as much outside, you know, the butts, which is fine. Let them doubt. Just like all these other, you know, PFF people doubting us, that's fine. Doubt us. But at the end of the day, let's put the helmets on. Let's see what they got in preseason. And I'm curious to see how fast our defense is going to be now that we got some of these youngsters that we drafted. You know, Kalaja can't see. The dude looks pretty like the real deal. I'm really curious to see when he does, when he gets his one-on-ones with Vita Vea, taking on double teams. You know, like Scott Reynolds said, Vita Vea is not going to lead the team in sets this year. Mm-mm. Yeah, and, and I think that's a good point. Keep going, though. 
No, no, and most of all, you know, like I said, Kyle Trask, hey, go out there and ball, man. Go out there, give it all you got. Like I said, I'm happy we have Baker, but at the same time, Trask is going to get the opportunity to go out there and showcase why he deserves to be the starter. And I feel like, you know, if he starts, cool. If not, let's roll with Baker. Let's see if we can stay healthy, big dog. Because at the end of the day, the, the division's wide open. I don't care what anybody says. You know, they're bringing up, they're showing pictures of Michael Thomas and Derek Carr vibing. Whoop de doo. Play full season, bro. Come on. 2019, it's been a long time, brother. Let's see what you really got playing a full season. So, like I said, go Bucks. I say, I say eight to 10 wins coming this season. And fire the cannons, people. Like I said, we're getting close, getting on the nitty gritty. You know, just be ready, man. It's going to be a fun season coming. And the man from Death Valley weighing in at millions and millions and millions and millions and millions. Our buddy J.C. Allen, the greatest from Pewter Report, the best in the business, the best Bucks coverage around. You can find him at J.C. Allen NFL. He is a man of many words on Twitter. You could hear him on WDAE. You could keep up with all of his great content on Twitter, like I mentioned. And, again, he's a VP of – Pro football writers of the Tampa chapter, so that's incredible as well. Barbecue enthusiast, whiskey connoisseur. We should change mm-hmm. that to bourbon, but that's okay. We'll let him go with the pass this time around as he's great. We love you, JC. Thanks so much, buddy, for uh, always, always, always throwing down the tremendous insight. It's really phenomenal. I think you're the best in the biz for Buck stuff. There's a lot of great ones. I'm not knocking anyone, but we love having you here. Any last words or thoughts for the program, sir? Uh, obviously, I appreciate that. You know, it's it's. You know, I'm going to sound like a, a broken record and like a player here, but it's not, it's not just me. Yeah, I put the work in. Yeah, I try to do the best I can to give you guys the best coverage, but ultimately – you know, a lot of my respect and a lot of my my flowers and, and gratitude goes out to Bucks fans for first welcoming this Boston kid um, in, into into your Bucks coverage and following me and supporting me and, and you know just giving me that audience to give you guys some some good insight into this team and everything like that. One thing on Stroud, I think I think fans got to remember is that his job is to uh, break news and cover news. Um, that's that's your job as as a team reporter. Uh, and, and Stroud, you know, he knows what he's doing. Obviously, he's had some things. Uh, he's been critical on the Bucks, um, and that's going to be something that doesn't that Bucks fans don't like. I was critical on the Bucks. I've been critical on the Bucks. I keep getting shit for saying that Mike Mike Evans wouldn't get a thousand yards last year. Still getting shit for that. Um, but you know, it's just one of these things where you're either going to vibe with us or not going to vibe with us. As I told the great Casey Hudson when she had um, some haters commenting on her, you know, if if you if for every hater you get, find ten more. Well, my thing is, I don't necessarily mind Rick Stroud and you know his Bucks criticism, but I, you know, fabricating the Jaguars story, a team he doesn't yeah, really was, cover. I don't know if he was fabricating that. I'm sure he just got bad intel. You know, you're gonna get bad intel right. sometimes, and it's not gonna not gonna be right. Sometimes you're gonna get good intel, so. Um, and that's when you run with it. But, you know, you either look like a hero or a villain, depending on if your intel. It's was, a tough job, on. man. So it is. It, it, it can be tough, especially, you know, relationships and, and et cetera. But last words, you know, just to kind of echo what, what Jeremy was saying, I think this Bucks team is really going to surprise a lot of people. I think with the, the offense canals establishing and, and setting up um, this year, it, it's really going to play to some of the Bucks' strengths. I know offensive line is a big question mark uh, for a lot of people. Obviously, you're losing, you know, some important guys that you'd continue to lose. Donovan Smith, for whatever whatever he was and was not, was at least a was a, a pro who had multiple games starting experience, Iron Man. And now you're turning mm-hmm. it over to Luke Gedeke, who, um, you know, has one game of starting experience at right tackle. He looked pretty damn good in it, and it was the best game. But those shorter arms that he has. I make mean, a lot of people question whether he can hold up that right tackle, uh, especially now since, you know, pass rushers are coming from both sides and are equally as equally as dominant from both sides. And there's there's teams that have have focused on pass rushing and have generally good, the good teams that you're going to face have two good rushers on both sides. Mm-hmm. So I think, uh, you know, 
there, there's definitely some question marks there, but this this offense is going to be completely different last year when it was just best on best and we're going to beat you with our guys. We're not going to do too much schematically. We're not going to do too much to disguise what we're doing. We're just going to run it because we feel like our guys can beat you. And last year that just simply wasn't the case due to injuries and, and, and just teams figuring it out, figuring out the offense because of how archaic it was and because of how little they changed and how little they did stuff. This is going to be a completely different offense, and I think it's going to help these these players at every position, wide receiver, put them in space to make plays and make get, get yards after the catch, move the chains, running backs. I think the zone um, concept is going to give them the ability to use their vision and patience to find holes, burst through them, gain yardage. It's going to help the offensive linemen, especially the guys that the Bucks have with their athleticism, be able to get out in space, move, pull get to the second level and really open up some nice holes for running yards and also for the quarterback, just to be able to simplify things. You know, they're going to take some shots down the field. Don't get me wrong. And, and Josh Capo had a great article at Peter report mm. demonstrating what, you know, what this offense could look like and some of the things they're going to do. But for the most part, these are going to be short to intermediate routes, moving the chain. It's going to be a chain moving offense. And that's why I think whether it's Baker or Trask, all you really need to do is just be able to manage the game move the ball, don't make mistakes, and, and this offense is going to find some success. The defense, they just need to do what they did last year, but just be faster, get more turnovers, and get more sacks, and I think they're set up for that. Uh, the coaching that they brought in with George Edwards should help with the with the, the pressures converting into sacks. Obviously, Shaq Barrett is a big part of that. Can he come back from his Achilles in full strength? Um, you know, Joe trying to shrink of finishing, uh, but both of those guys still have pressures galore. I mean, even Shaq Barrett has been, before last season when he went down, has been a top three in pressures over the last four seasons since he came to Tampa Bay. Pressures affected the quarterback's ability to get a good ball off. Uh, so even if it's not a sack, which you want, obviously, because that takes it down away and backs him up, but, you know, pressures can equally affect the ball game. Um, and I think Joe Trinshrinka, where he doesn't get enough recognition, it's his ability to pressure the quarterback. Yeah, he needs to finish but he can still pressure him like the best of them. And with Edwards there, it's going to help. Jamel Dean's a top 10 cornerback in this league. Carlton Davis is a top 20 cornerback in this league. They don't mm -hmm. get enough flowers. Antoine Winfield Jr., top 10 safety. Ryan Neal's coming off his best season of his career. He's playing in a very safety-friendly offense with Todd Bowles. Loves to move these guys around. Was PFF's highest-rated safety last year. They got a question mark at nickel, that's for sure. Will Devin White show up? I think he will. Will he play better? I think he has to if he wants to make that money. Levante David, even though he's slowed down a bit, the impact plays aren't there. He's still one of the best to ever do it. they still got Vita Vea taking up two blockers, and I think can't see Logan Hall. Greg Gaines and that rotation they'll have in there is going to really do some work against them too. So I, I, I like what they have. I think special teams got better. Chase McLaughlin gives you range. Uh, Jake Camarda is quickly becoming one of the best punters in the league. They got to get better on special teams units, but they got faster at nearly every and younger at nearly every position that really matters on special teams. So I think those units will, will do better at all. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it really just comes down to can this offense perform? Can they stay healthy? really is the biggest thing. And I, I think going into next year, I think you have to be really optimistic. Uh, even though the national outlook isn't there, I think as as a Bucks fan, you need to really kind of have the outlook that uh, there, there's a lot of optimism around this team. There's a lot of talent on this team. And that's especially if you look at the PFF rankings, the Bucks have nearly at least one player uh, on one on these rankings, you know, wow. uh, in there. So, you know, it, it just says that the talent that speaks on this team. So other than that, sorry, Olivia. I know you had it. We had a 730 <laughs> cap, but, you know, we, we get talking bucks and we go forever. But, yeah, guys, follow me at Chase Allen NFL on, on Twitter. Follow us at Peter Report on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Follow us Peter Report TV on YouTube. And don't forget, we'll have Luke Gedeke in in the building on Thursday night at 7 p.m. Tones, thanks for having me on, my man. Everybody remember to catch Luke Gedeke on Pewter Report Thursday night, 7 p.m. Great stuff there. They just had Rashad White on last year, had Kalen Geiger, so many more gentlemen on as well. So Pewter Report's always bringing the heat with the players, always bringing great content. They got some of the best around. They got JCL and they got Joshua Kiepo, you know, obviously Scott Reynolds, Matt Matera, Bailey Adams. They're also great over at Pewter Report. We expect. Or we respect. We just got work. James Hill too, Mr. Bucks Nation, now aboard the Peter Report squad. 
I've seen that. He's making some content, Mr. Bucks. Hey, we want him on the Bucketeers one night. Yeah, well, I'm sure he'll be down to come on. Yeah, we can make that happen. He's a really good guy. I met him at the Arians Family Foundation golf outing last year. Really nice guy. Bucks Media is uh, actually really good people at the end of the day, and we appreciate those like J.C. Allen. And we love our pewter report stuff, so that's amazing stuff there, everybody. As J.C. said, sorry, Olivia, but hey, I, I shouldn't be fooling anyone. I knew with guys like J.C. and Jeremy on, we'd go the extra mile. Cause I'm a kids. talker. Yeah, it was, hey, I hey, shout talk. out to Olivia. Happy birthday, for real. Happy birthday, Olivia. Apologies for keeping you away. <laughs> the gentleman said it, Olive, not me. They're apologizing. They're saying happy birthday. It's great vibes here on the Bucketeers. I'm sure she's going to appreciate it greatly. As I appreciated JC and Jeremy greatly and stun its time as well. Gentlemen, it's been a hell of an episode. Love all you guys. Thanks so much for join and make sure you gentlemen and ladies listening keep up with jcl and keep up with pewter report we're gonna have him on hear more throughout the off season and the regular season hopefully and say, amen to that and Jer- uh, jeremy as well so we got our wrestling fans and our bucks contributors in full steam thanks again jc and the boys we appreciate it jc stay blessed brother awesome appreciate y'all peace thanks guys appreciate all you guys enjoy your Tuesday night. If you're listening here to the Bucketeers, we love everybody. Fire the damn cannon. Stun a go Bucks. Oh, Jeremy, go Bucks as well, buddy. Holy time. for the Rams, but you got to be a little enthusiastic after being there. Bro, that, that game atmosphere was ridiculous. Energy, electricity. I played with Rock and anyone was there. And a lot of the, a lot of the uh, Super Bug fans were there, too. Tampa Tones. We are joined by Lee Goon tonight, uh, host of the Pat and Aaron show of WDAE. Uh, Pat Donovan. And it sounds like Stunna is bumbling a little bit. Going to put him on mute for a second until that gets a little clear. But we're joined by Pat Donovan. It looks Donovan. like Stunna is hanging.